Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome to the Journey Podcast. I have a very special guest on the podcast today. It has been a year since I started this podcast, and this is the very first time that I'm bringing on my significant other, Megan Hayes, uh, to talk about something very, very important. And something that's actually kind of ironic is today it happens to be our two-year anniversary. So uh, I had the idea to talk about dating and relationships for entrepreneurs because I know a lot of you listeners are starting your business. And so dating an entrepreneur can be different. And also being an entrepreneur and dating uh, is you know, kind of a tricky road sometimes. So I wanted to bring my girlfriend on and talk about her experience, you know, dating as an entrepreneur and also her experience dating me as an entrepreneur too. So uh, Megan, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you go ahead and give everyone a little bit of a backstory as to who you are, what you do, and then we'll go ahead and dive into the contents of this episode. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Um, so yeah, I work as an online fitness coach and I run Monarch Fitness. So uh, as Zach coaches like a bunch of online fitness coaches, I basically met him while he was still online coaching himself before he went the business route. And that's really what we had in common when we first started getting things going. Um, Obviously, like Zach started doing the business coaching, but I really thrive within the fitness world. So that's what I do. Uh, Basically, the time when I started Monarch Fit was right when I met Zach as well. So uh, the trajectory of our relationship has really grown as we've both started out our businesses, which is pretty cool to look at too. Like if you look at PCBI, it's almost two years old. Monarch just turned two and today is our two year anniversary. So a lot of things in our life um, and definitely like a really big turning point in our entrepreneurial journeys happened right around two years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you guys didn't know how Megan and I met, so we actually met on Instagram. It was through a friend of a friend. I slid into her DMs and uh, sent her a voice message. And we, we had a couple conversations going back and forth via voice message. And then the first night we met each other, we like immediately knew that this was it. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> uh, we decided that we were going to become boyfriend and girlfriend that same night. And that night was literally two years ago. And we moved in three months later and we haven't looked back ever since. Um, but what's interesting is like Megan and I I feel like we have a ton of time together, even though it's only been two years, it feels like it's been five just because we, we essentially spend all day together in the house working from home. Um, so I want to talk about, you know, our relationship, how we've been able to navigate our relationship, how we set boundaries and kind of how we have our communication styles too. So uh, my first question for you, Megan, is what do you think are the biggest difference between, you know, your experience dating before you were an entrepreneur and dating now that you have, you know, control over your free time. Cause when you're in a nine to five, when you're working a normal job, I feel like you have time where you're at work and then you have time with your significant other. Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, you don't really have those set start and end times where you're working and with your significant other. So how have you been able to balance that yourself and and how has it been, you know, dating as a business owner? Um, I would say before, I mean, we met when I was 24, right? So before that, a lot of dating was done in like college enough. So college was in a completely different environment and where like, there just wasn't as much seriousness about your life quite yet. And you didn't really have to be as organization as organ, organizational. Yeah, that's what I look for. Organizational about like your time and like, I'm in school and this is when I'm going to go to a party and this is when I'm going to do this and that, like everything kind of just flowed. And I felt like all through school and even 
beyond that, um, my relationships very much were so just kind of like flowing with life. Like it just, it, it was kind of that natural, um, balance, but then, uh, I worked with a, someone who I was in a past relationship with. So I would see them at work. And that was the only like time really that I was mostly seeing them at work. Cause we didn't live together. So it was almost the opposite. It was like checking into the relationship at work. And that was being like an in-person PT. So even then, like there wasn't much like healthy relationship experience that I had outside of yours and mine and outside of college. So to me, phasing into this was kind of like a whole, a whole new thing to learn, but like, it could only be better. <laughs> like it could only be better from all the experiences that I had already had. So I needed to learn how to like have my alone time. And so did you. Um, and at the same time, like learning how to like pay attention to each other's needs and schedule our one-on-one time in together. But every other situation I had been with, like I only very briefly was in a relationship where I would go to work and then come back. But my um, my work was mostly at nighttime because I was a server. So even then it was kind of like unconventional. And I was very used to kind of spending time around my significant other during the day, most of the day. So for me, this is kind of a comfort level, like knowing where you are and what you're doing and being able to see you all the time. Like, it's great. I like it. I very much enjoy it. And it also gives me that comfortability of when you leave and go to the gym or when you leave and go to the store or whatever. Um, I'm never worried. Like, I'm never worried about where you are or what you're doing. It's just like an immense amount of trust has just already been built right out the gates because we do spend so much time together. It's like, I can always kind of guess where you might be. Like I come home and you're not home. I come home from the gym and you're not home. I'm like, okay, well, he's like one of three places right now. (laughs) And it's nice. It's nice. I, I think the, I wouldn't necessarily even say that we have a, like a quote unquote balance, but the balance that we have achieved is one that like I, for my own attachment style is the one that fits me best. Perfect. So then when it comes to finding your workflow while also navigating the relationship, how do you know when it's time to pull back from work and spend time with myself? And how do you know it's time to like go hard at work? Because it's not like you have, you know, a consistent schedule in which like you have to be at work at a certain time. So how do you know it's like time to work versus how do you know, like, for example, sometimes in the afternoon I have nothing to do. So I'll come peruse through her bedroom and start chatting with her. And she'll be like, Zach, I'm working right now. Please just give me a couple minutes to, you know, get whatever, whatever I'm doing done. And so how do you find that those boundaries for yourself and how do you establish those boundaries for yourself for anyone who's listening, who might have a significant other that is kind of poking at them for time and attention, you know, how, how do you go about setting those boundaries? Yeah. Uh, well, you and I, kind of have a different work schedule and mine, my schedule just bounces all over the place. Like I don't really have as much rigidity or as much routine as I think you do. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that my days are sometimes just all over the place. So there'll be times like I wake up in the morning and I'm like putzing around the house for two hours and Zach's in the middle of, uh, of a podcast or of, you know, recording lessons or something like that. And I want to talk. I want to come into the room and tell him stories. Uh, like the big mirror that we have in the house is like in his office. And so I'll like pop in there and I'll start talking about something or showing something on Instagram. And so like, that's me kind of like wanting to spend time and wanting to hang out. But then I also acknowledge like, those are his hours in which he 
is the most productive. Like that's his time where he taps into his zone of genius and is just doing a shit. And so I don't take it personally. I am not offended. I probably had problems with this in the past, but like I'd adapt pretty quickly. Um, if Zach is like, okay, babe, like I, I need to, I need to work. Like I'm, I'm doing something right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to do a podcast now. Like I don't take that as, oh, he doesn't want to spend time with me or he doesn't want to be around me or like I'm annoying him. It's just that he put this time aside for himself and this is a boundary that he's setting and, and I'm going to respect it. I have to respect it. But I expect the same from him when I decide to work at, you know, like 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. for some reason. I, you know, just decided to work late that night. Um, if he wants to hang out or he's doing the same thing to me, he's coming in the room and he's showing me TikToks and stuff like that. At one point, if I say, babe, I'm, I'm working there, like, I, I need to get this done. Like, I even give, like, we do times all the time. We're like, okay, well, I'll be done at 6 p.m. Here we go, like, do this at, like, 7 p.m. If we set those timestamps, a lot of the time it helps me a little bit because I'm, I'm awful with time. I'm late to everything. I am not, just not good at it. And Zach's, like, chronically early to everything. <laughs> so it's just kind of, it's having an understanding of the other person's ticks, but then also, like what is important to this person when are they typically working when they say that they're working don't push through that and be like come on like you can stop what you're doing right now and entertain me respect that respect it in the moment and then if that's something that you need to talk about with your significant other and you say hey like I'm always working in the morning you're always working at night and we need to kind of figure out a way that we can like schedule time to spend together or I feel like you're always putting work before me. And like, I, I need to talk to you about that. Like, so you have to say that. Zach and I have had that conversation with each other many times, especially earlier in, the, in our relationship. We like sat down and said like, hey, like I'm feeling a lack of attention right now. Like I need some of your attention right now. Or like your, your time and your schedule right now. Uh, I, recently I started doing in-person training at Self-Made and I, haven't, I hadn't been at the house quite frequently like a lot of the days I was gone I'd come home and Zach would be like well you're, you're gone all day I'm like wow I realized I actually am gone all day now and sometimes it just takes it being said out loud or addressed and in a way that's not an attack like I don't feel attacked when Zach talks to me about his needs and that's just a big thing when you're in a relationship with an entrepreneur whether you are dating one or you are that one communicating your needs and not going in for the attack, not assuming that anybody's attacking you, and just like the general respective boundaries. Like, don't take it personally if someone wants to get their work done, but if the thing that's coming first all the time, number one priority all the time is their work, you have the right to also say, hey, like, I feel like I'm not being included in that at all, and as a person, as a, someone in this relationship, here are my needs that we need to find a way that we can kind of fulfill what are yours that kind of conversation yeah absolutely i think uh i think there's a lot of things to highlight in there that i'd like to touch on um one of the things that megan and i do really well is that we are very direct with our communication i can't we like we do not play games in the sense where i'm trying to read her mind whatsoever i feel like she's an open book and i'm an open book as well and i think she made a really good point about putting your ego aside and not being hurt by your significant other when they are establishing their boundaries um, and very early on in our relationship, I told Megan, I said, I pretty much just laid down the law and told her how important business is uh, for me and that how, how big of a priority it is for me. But choosing business over her 
doesn't mean that I don't love her. It's just something that I need. It's a boundary that I have put in place. And then the other thing too, is we talked about um, something that I learned in relationship therapy long ago about having our own separate pillows and then having a pillow in the middle. Um, so essentially what this analogy is like, is like there's three pillows in a room. You stand on one pillow as one part of the relationship. Uh, your significant other stands on the other pillow as another part of the relationship. And there's a pillow in the middle where you guys meet in the middle or where you guys can go back and forth with your alone time, with decisions that you make together. But then there's pillows that you guys have each and like for yourself. And this is like your own personal boundaries, your own standards and expectations. And as soon as you cross over to the other person's pillow, that's when it's time to be like, Hey, you need to take a step back and you respect that boundary. And it has nothing to do with hurting the other person whatsoever, but more so about protecting your own personal space. Um, so you know, there's sometimes where me kicking Megan out of the room is saying, Hey, you're stepping on my pillow and you know, you, you need to give me some space back. And she's willing to recognize that maybe she crossed the line a little bit too much. Or and I do this sometimes too with her. And she'll, she'll say like, Hey, you know, that's not a decision for you to come in on. That's, that's my own personal boundary. And so we have really clear boundary with that kind of stuff. Um, the question for you, Meg is what if someone is starting their business and they're starting to devote more time to the business and they they need help setting those boundaries and their significant other just isn't listening, isn't respecting, uh, but they haven't quite had that conversation yet. So how should they go about having that conversation when it comes to setting those boundaries for work and business and getting the business off the ground? Um, I say going into it, like I said, without kind of attacking anybody, but coming into it with just like a lot of clarity or very similar or like just being very clear that you want you want you to have similar goals within the relationship but that in order for the relationship to be successful you have to be on the same page about certain things and especially certain things that are going to be a little bit difficult at times um and this i mean this goes for all aspects of a relationship if you think about it and i a great example that zach can um really probably talk a little bit more about um but Zach hates to go out to dinner in terms of just like going out frivolously to eat dinner at a restaurant for no reason and I fucking love to do that I am so I love to spend my money I just I just do it all the time I spend money all the time Zach does not like to do it he likes to save and we being very different people in that regard you know I can't sit there and think that Zach needs to fulfill all of my spending needs and desires, but I want to go out to dinner and do this. And I want to do that. And I want to do that. If he made it very clear from day one, that those are not things that he personally enjoys and that his priorities lie elsewhere. That was hard for me at first. It really was like the first couple of months, even probably after the first year, there was a point where it's just like, it's like, we never go out to dinner. Like we never do this thing that I like to do. So obviously like I can do with friends, I can do by myself, like I can take him out to dinner. We've done that. Um, but it, it was very, it was made very clear to me that his priorities were elsewhere. And he made it like from the very beginning, again, very clear that if that's something that I could not handle, then it wasn't going to, you know, go well for our relationship. And like, it wasn't just the aspect of dinner, but it was like, my expectation of something being thrust upon him. And that's the, that's the pillow thing right there, right? So it's not an ultimatum. It's not, 
you do this or else. But again, it's clarity. It's, hey, this is where my priorities lie, especially if you're beginning as an entrepreneur, sitting down with your significant other and saying like, if you're, if you love them, if you're on that step or whatever, being like, hey, I love you. And I want this relationship to continue to grow through this next chapter of my life as I begin my business. But my business is going to take a lot out of me. It's going to take a lot of my time and energy, a lot of my focus. And some of the things that we do now, we're just not going to be able to do anymore. Like, I'm not going to have the capacity to do that. And like, just outline that, make it very clear and say, you know, this is, this is what I need from you moving forward. What do you need from me? Because it's always going to be a give and take. It always is. The thing with, you know, Zach and I and the dinner thing, there's so many other ways that Zach fulfills my needs in our relationship. And especially if you look at the big picture of like spending quality time together, we do that all the time and we do it like elsewhere too. Like we, you know, travel to festivals and do stuff with our friends. And we have recently gone out to dinner and just like had dinner together for literally no reason except because, you know, Zach want to go to BJ's, which is a massive change than, or a massive change in the past year. But that's simply because I started respecting the fact that that was a boundary that he had set. I acknowledged that I could have that need fulfilled in many other ways, but that also when I was looking at what I wanted out of a relationship and that being like someone who wanted to be a father to my kids, someone who wanted to be in a long-term marriage, someone who wanted to, you know, buy a nice house and have a couple of dogs and, you know, be at a place where we can, you know, live comfortably without worry. All of those things are only going to be achievable if both Zach and I are thriving within our businesses, as well as like within ourselves. If I was constantly pressuring Zach to take me out to dinner all the fucking time, and it was crushing our relationship. And then he was forcibly spending all this money all the time to take me out to dinner he would not be aligned. He would be upset. His relationship would not be going well. His business would suffer because of it. And all this money that he had been saving to create the life that both of us have agreed that we want would be kind of getting thrown away at, you know, these like frivolous dinners to fulfill a need of mine. But at the end of the day, there'd just be like tension in between us. So as much as you think that you have this need that needs to be fulfilled, or your significant other might be like, pestering you about this need that they need to have fulfilled when you sit down and you ask them to look at the big picture with you and you set your boundaries and you talk about your needs and your goals and all that jazz you'll find clarity very quickly and they'll either be able to kind of you know do something that's a little bit difficult and phase into that you might have to do something as well that's a little bit difficult to fulfill their needs but at the end it shouldn't be so hard that you're both uncomfortable. You should both be more comfortable after that conversation, or it should be very clear to you that that's just not the relationship that you should be in. Like there's several times early on in our relationship where Zach and I said, if this is not going to, like, if this one thing that we're fighting over right now is, you know, cannot be resolved, like you can't budge or I can't budge, then we're not going to be able to move forward with this. And it would very quickly snap us into the reality of like, okay, okay. Like we're going to budge because like, it's not worth risking the relationship over. So as soon as you have that talk with your person and you lay down what your needs are and your boundaries are, and so do they, if there are things that you can't budge on 
at all. And you ask them like, is that for, to you worth it in terms of like risking our relationship? If they say yes, like that's your answer and vice versa, right? Like, and it's okay. Like that is okay. But that is the fundamental question at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, like, what's your priority? What's more important? Is this person along for the ride with you or are they not? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's really important to have someone that you can have these conversations with because they are really hard conversations. And I think, you know, we, we mentioned this before, but it's, these are conversations that you have to have in the relationship where you have to remove your ego. Otherwise you might feel attacked or your partner might feel like they're being attacked. And that's a recipe for disasters when, you know, you can't have these hard conversations about the relationship, but something that you mentioned here that I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper into was uh, a thought, essentially, it's like you you have to identify what your own non-negotiables are. Like, what are the like few key pieces in the relationships that are the non-negotiables? And then what are the things that you can find elsewhere? I think you you make a key point that your significant other and your partner doesn't have to check every single box. Like, there's so there's so many things that I go to my friends to that I you know hang out with other people for I have my family for and there's a few key things that I have Megan for Megan is my person for life but she's not the only person in my life and I do think that when it comes to having a healthy relationship it comes down to understanding the roles that your significant other plays but also not expecting them to fulfill every single role and every single need that you have for example the dinner example. Megan asked me to take her on a date. I don't remember how long ago. And it was, it was miserable. I would, did not have fun just because like, I just don't, I genuinely just don't enjoy going out. And so she learned early on, okay, you know, this is something that's not a deal breaker. I can get this fulfilled somewhere else. And I allow her to have friends and other people in her life that she can check those other boxes for. And that makes us both happy and makes us both fulfilled. I understand that I don't need to be the one person in Megan's life to check every single box. And she's not the one person in my life to check every single box. We have non-negotiables about our relationship and our future that, which is the reason why we're together, but we also have other people in our life to get the other needs from. Another thing that I wanted to mention too, about setting boundaries that you, you and I both are, are really good at is that we are very clear and punchy when we are in our work mode. For myself, I can get very snappy. This is something that I learned learned from my dad. One of those things that you pick up from your dad uh, is like, my dad is very short-tempered and he'll snap very quickly, but he he's also not very good at expressing himself. So you you won't know why he's snapping. For example, if I leave dishes in the sink, it's a, it's an explosion of temper. So for me, if I'm very stressed and I have a lot of work on my phone, I have like notifications coming in, I have people getting back to me or have something going on, Megan will come putzing through the room talking about some nonsense, uh, something that would genuinely be something we would talk about. And instead of me snapping at her, I just take a second. I say, Megan, I'm a little bit stressed right now. I have a lot of, of, lot of things on my plate. I need, you know, 30 minutes or I need an hour to, you know, get this work done. Or we were driving back from Monterey the other day and I was in the driver's seat for a couple hours. So my phone was filling up with notifications. We switched seats, she's in the driver's seat. She starts talking, telling stories, but I'm not paying attention. And I think that a lot of people, 
issues will come up in the relationship when some when there's one person not paying attention to the other person. So what I say to Megan is instead of ignoring her, I say, Megan, I need five to 10 minutes to just get my work done. And then I'm, I have, you have my full attention and we're very, very good at communicating. I'm in work mode right now. Give me one hour and then you'll have my full attention. And that satisfies her. And it also satisfies me when she does it to me. Cause I know, okay, she can get her stuff done. I'll get my time with her in one hour. And there's a time on that. And so that's, that's a really good way that we establish boundaries with each other. Um, Megan, do you have anything to add in on that? Any thoughts that come up? Yeah, I think the it's the specificity of like the time thing too. It just like it when you tell someone, uh, like I said, you know, I'm I'm someone who's chronically late. But if you tell someone, hey, like I just need I just need an hour to do this, and then you honor that, and once you're done with that hour, you are fully present, which Zach is. Like if I give him the time that he asks for, and then I like return or like he finishes his work and he comes to me, he is fully present. He is engaged, and I can trust that. And I know, again, like, it's not about me. It's not an ego hit. It's not a personal thing of like, oh, he doesn't want to spend time with me. Like, no, he just needs to get this work done. And it's something that's important to him. And if I make him stop all of it right now, just to pay attention to some like story that I'm telling, then like, he's not even mentally going to be present in the story that I'm telling anyway. And it's not going to be a positive interaction for either of us, because then I'm not going to get the reaction I'm looking for or whatever. Uh, So yeah, I think it's just like, asking for time and respect in a, in a, in a gentle way and also respecting that. And like, if you say like, if you say like, okay, I'll be done in an hour and an hour goes by and you're like, okay, wait, no, I need another hour and an hour goes by and you're like, oh wait, I need like, I need another hour from the get go. If you feel like you're going to take the whole day, if Zach has a really busy day, he's not going to tell me, okay, I'll be ready in an hour. He's going to say, okay, like I know I have a really rough day ahead of me, babe. Like tomorrow I'm going to be here in bed, but like today I'm stressed today. I'm like, and I'm like, if, and then that for me is like, if anything is super important then I tell him right then and there, but otherwise it's like, I'm respecting the fact that he shared that with me and he gave me some specifics. Um, the other thing I was going to say, just to give you some credit, babe, uh, it's not that Zach doesn't want to take me on any dates ever, specifically going out to dinner and spending money on on food that may or may not impress him is not his favorite thing. But if I were to say, Hey, like, let's go to the beach and watch the sunset. He'd be so fucking down. And sometimes he'll ask me to do those things. And like, I'm running late from something or I get really focused in on work or whatever. And he's like, let's go watch sunset. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm doing this. That really disappoints him. And like, when I know that that's happened or when I've done that, then I'm like, okay, now, like I do need to make the same intention to set aside time to do the thing that Zach wants to do because like that is quality time is how he, that's his love language. hundred percent is, is quality time. And for me, it's more so like words of affirmation. And so like, when we have that back and forth or when we have that understanding of like, you know, what's going on, how to communicate, how to like set those boundaries, how to like, you know, give each other time stamps, how to do the things that the other person enjoys doing, knowing that, you know, it'll be reciprocated. Once we begin to really figure that out, I feel like things have been very smooth for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think uh, another th- important thing is like we do balance, like we have things that we come together on, but we also understand that not everything in a relationship is shared. For example, our businesses are very separate. Very separate. And one of the things I communicated with her very early on is like, 
finances are separate too. For me, that's a big thing. That's a non-negotiable. So, you know, we both carry our own weight and that was something that was really hard for uh, both of us in the beginning. Um, but it's something we came to turns on and it was something that we agreed upon, but we both know that the house, our dog and the future that we have together to raise a family is what we come together on. And so we have different hobbies, friend, well, not different hobbies. We both have, we all have the same hobbies, but we have <laughs> you like, read, you read, I don't read. <laughs> yeah. But I mean like hobbies and like training is a pretty big hobby that we share. Together. I say we both, we both work out pretty much. Yeah. We have a lot of similarities. Um, but we, we have, like, we run with different people. We have different friends that we hang out with and we have as much of our own lives as we do have a shared life, which is, I think is very important. Um, we never train together. We I can't train with Megan. Together. We, we, we did when we first started dating Yes. for a couple of weeks or months. And then it got to a point where it's just like, we get uh, the, the time where we get the most frustrated at each other is when we would train together when we would lift together and try to record for each other. And it just, it just doesn't make sense. Cause it, like, there's no reason for it, it except for like that. So it's like, it's just our, each of us, that's either our own personal time or is our time where we're hanging out with our separate friends. Like I don't train usually with the same people that Zach trains with. Mm -hmm. So, so here, here's a question that I have. And, you know, let's say that there's two entrepreneurs dating, how should they go about remaining neutral in their success and being happy for each other rather than being competitive. Cause I have seen relationships in which, you know, a boyfriend and a girlfriend are both starting their business and one business is doing better than the other. And so what's a good strategy for having just genuine abundance and being happy for your significant other while also realizing that, you know, you're not on the same exact journey You're you both have separate businesses. So like, you know, did you have any of that with our relationship? Cause I know when we were both fitness coaching, there was a minute where you took off a little bit faster and I got a little butt hurt about it. Um, but yeah, well, I guess what's your advice on that? But yeah, because I when I look at it too now, it's very different than I did back then because the, when, when the roles got reversed and you were doing really well in your business coaching and I was like really tight with my income at the beginning of Monarch, um, at first I was like, yeah, super interested and wanted to know how well you were doing and really be proud of you. But then at one point it hit me when you had like hit a huge month and I had had a really hard month. I'd really struggled. I was jealous. I was angry. And it was just kind of like all of these emotions came up for me. And the, the talk that we had about that, that really comforted me is that like, if you're not thriving and doing well in your business, then you're stressed and worried. And then like, you're no fun, right? Like <laughs> if you're like not doing well, then you're focusing so much time and energy into doing better and into the business. And then I don't get your free time. Like I don't get happy Zach. And so then I was able to look at it as I wanted way more success for you so that you could be happy Zach and come hang out with me. And at one point you also said like, if you're here and you're supporting me, like as my partner, you, I want you to see this as like, when I do well, I do well for our future. And I really do see it like that now, like not in a way that like I'm with Zach for his money or anything. Like we pay separate rent. We literally everything, every aspect of our finances is entirely separate at this point. But when I look at our future and what Zach does in terms of saving and the fact that our goals are very aligned and we have these conversations together 
all the time. I think about the fact that Zach has a good month in business. Great. That's great for us as a whole collectively. That's great for our future. And if you can support your entrepreneurial partner in the same way, like it's, it isn't about what you can get out of it because you never know what's going to happen. Like you can break up, you can die. Like shit can happen. Bad shit can happen. But the more that you support this person and pour love into them and still, of course, pour love into yourself, take care of yourself. But the more that you're able to support this person and be genuinely happy for them, the more like it comes back to you too. Like that person will in five, 10 years, 20 years, look back and say, well, this was my partner through it all. This person supported me through it all. And like, I, like, I wouldn't be here winning fucking an Oscar. I don't know what, what, I don't know what entrepreneurial people could win, but like, I wouldn't be Jeff Bezos if I wasn't with this other chick. Although they did, they did get a divorce. Maybe that's about it too. I don't know. Some successful entrepreneurial people. If you look at it, and you look at genuine healthy relationships that start before entrepreneurship and last through entrepreneurship, there, there are people out there though, you know, when they're thanking everybody, it's so-and-so was with me from day one. They've supported me from day one. And when you are that day one person and you go through the ups and downs with this person and you love their success with them, you do end up at the top with them, next to them. And like, that's how I see it. I'm like, fuck yeah, Zach better be doing well. Also, it's a reflection of me. If you think about it too, like I'm a high caliber person. I'm a high achiever. I have a great business and I don't expect my partner to be any less than that. Like I want to be impressed by my partner and I want people to look at me and go, damn, like she's got a really impressive partner. Like she also must be impressive. I had a friend, um, my old roommate Wade, who I used to live with in Los Angeles, um, he, we were talking the other day and he said something to me about, you know, I was going to say to you that, wow, like, you know, Zach is a very lucky guy for having you, but I would assume that you being you are also very lucky for having him. And it's like, just really stuck with me after the second that he said that, because it's true. You should be what someone is lucky to have as much as you feel lucky to have them. And that really does come down to encouraging their success in their life in, in all areas. Awesome. I love that. Well, I'll take the compliment, babe. Thanks. Um, (laughs) So one thing I wanted to talk about too, is we have a ton of kind of just inherent trust in our relationship when it comes to our friends and giving each other alone time. Like, I mean, even, even when we were first getting started, I'm sure you probably had objections, but you just didn't want to speak out to it. But like, I would go to my friend's house who were females and hang out with them. And I was like, you know, that was, again, for me, those were like my friends and you still have no problem with me doing that. Like I train with females. My friend group is mostly primarily females, but also your friend group is also mostly guys. I know you're talking to your coach, like, well, your coaches and stuff, but you have male friends that you talk to quite frequently and that you hang out with quite frequently as well. So how important is inherent trust and how did you go about building that inherent trust in the beginning? And how important is it for me to give you that trust and give you that freedom as well? Because I never come at you and saying like, oh, these guys that you're hanging out with, like, I never come at you with that kind of stuff. So how important is that for you to have that kind of freedom as well? Yeah, I think, I mean, it was very much 
uh, not even unspoken. Like it was very clear from day one that like there were certain things that just like were not going to be tolerated. And coming from the relationship that I came from, like there were, I had plenty of reasons to not be uh, trustworthy. But at the same time, I had learned so much in watching other people kind of like destroy their own relationships just because they had zero trust in their partner and they put up all these boundaries for their partner. I also think it's, uh, you know, and I've, I've mentioned this to Zach, I think it is very important for men to have their own female friends because it's proof that that man is likable to women and treats women kindly outside of a relationship, outside of sexual benefit. Like it's just this is a likable human. This is a good human um, who happens to also treat women well. So I saw that as more so like a green light when I met him. And it was like, yeah, a lot of my friends are women. Um, and they were all like really big in the fitness influencer space. So it made sense. Like Brooklyn, Sarah, Jen, like Kendall, all these people who all became my friends as well um, in a very like kind and genuine way. It, it never felt threatening and if there ever was a moment where I did I was immediately upfront about it and I would say something or I would ask something and be like hey I need you to be very clear with me on this aspect and he would be and we talked about it and we move forward and I would fight off any kind of like thoughts in the back of my head that were nagging or like saying like just dumb stuff because at the end of the day, like a lot of it is just like your ego talking to you or your insecurities talking to you. And I started to look at that little voice in my head as like my own insecurities talking to me and telling me things. I'd go, okay, like, why am I insecure about that? Like, what is this thing that's coming up for me? And then I can deal with it for myself. And <clears throat> the same goes for Zach. I don't think that he's, he looks at any of my male friends in a way that makes him feel insecure. He's very secure with himself in our relationship. So when I go and I like lift with my coaches or hang out and go out to lunch with all of them and both of my coaches are male um, or talk to my old, my old roommate who I used to live with in LA or my, all these guys I went to college with, if I'm like texting them or chatting with them, right? Like he knows for a fact that that's just lighthearted. He can trust that because there's never, ever been an issue. I've never given him a reason to mistrust me both of us leave our phones lying around all over the place open no one hides any messages when they're texting or anything like that like it's just all there like we just exist so raw in front of each other that it's like why would this person why would this person go and do something stupid like that like go and cheat on me or whatever or be talking to someone else and if they are what's the need that's not being fulfilled can we resolve that issue? And I mean, like, we've never even crossed that bridge. Like, <laughs> we haven't had to come to that point where it's been like, you know, what's wrong? Because if there is something that's wrong, and if your significant other is looking for someone else to fulfill a need, that's a discussion you need to have. What's the need? Can you resolve it? And if not, then like, you got to get out of that relationship, period, at the end. Like, that's one of my non-negotiables. If that, is that forever to do some dumb shit like that and cheat on me, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm just out. Like, it just, that's like the thing that I don't put up with. And he's the same way. So we're just, neither of us are stupid. We're very upfront. We're very open. And from day one, it's always been that way. And as soon as it, as like any funky little feeling comes up, 
we talk about it immediately, openly, and just like, just straight up. That's the best thing that you can do without, again, without your ego in the way and feeling like you're getting accused or anything like that. It's someone, if I were to come up to Zach and be like, oh, it seems like you're like crushing on some chick over there or whatever. Oh, I'm going to like that. <laughs> um, like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, instead of like, you're doing this, it's, hey, I'm kind of feeling like this because of this and this. He, he can pick up on that, understand why I'm feeling that way and then say, oh, okay, well, this is actually how it is. How can I make you feel better? Boom. There you go. Yeah. I think, I think a few key points here is one, nothing is ever hidden between Megan and I, we are pretty much an open book. Like if I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriends, like I'm actually, I don't even need to tell you really at this point, but like she would know exactly where I'm at and who I'm with and know what time I'm coming home. And like everything was just an open book. We never hid anything from each other. There was no reason to, it was just open trust from the very beginning. But the other thing too, I think that she made a good point about is like when she ever did and when she ever does have feelings of like, Ooh, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. She never attacks me for it. She never like comes at me or tries to make a big deal out of it. She expresses how she feels and as long as she's feeling heard then i can respect the boundaries for her and, and comfort her and let her know you know essentially what what the situation like actually is so communication is really big there but also just the fact that we don't hide each, anything from each other and we're we're pretty open and honest with you know what we do and where we're at um but we're going to wrap up here, Meg. I think this is a really, really good talk. Is there any final points or anything that you want to leave the viewers with when it comes to dating an entrepreneur and dating as an entrepreneur? Um, just work on yourself. Always work on yourself and be okay with putting yourself first because the best thing for mine and Zach's relationship was me working on myself um, and like my past traumas and things like that. And like, I, like said, I came from a really fucking awful relationship right before this one. And it would have been so easy for me to carry just like every piece of baggage from that into this. And I think Zach is like, Zach's really great at not like outing me or ever making me look bad in front of other people. But like, I had plenty of like, just like what flare-ups spirals just like when we when we first started dating I had a, a monthly spiral where I would like lose my shit and just you know threaten to like not even threaten to leave but talk about talk about leaving or like I'm gonna go stay with my parents or I'm gonna go do this and like he just would sink his roots in and he'd be like I'm not gonna entertain this which again would make me spiral even further because all I wanted was those like fears and things like that to be entertained. It's a pattern I had learned from a past relationship. But Zach would say, there are two things he said to me that made me realize why A, I needed to go work on myself and B, I was secure in this relationship. He said, one, if you're gonna do this every month. I already expected it. I've already accepted it. I'm okay with it. I expect it. It happens one day and you're usually angry for about two to three and then it's over. And for me, it's like, wow, he's, he figured me out. <laughs> he's figured this out. He's also accepted me exactly as I am right now, even though I can get better, he accepted me. And that meant a lot, a lot to me when he said that. 
And then it made me not want to spiral every fucking month because it's exhausting to spiral. Um, and then number two, he said, if you actually wanted to leave, you'd already be gone because I know that about you. Like you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to be here. You wouldn't be in a relationship with me if you didn't want to be. And I'm not going to stop you because you have the choice. You have the right to choose if you want to be in a relationship. Again, respecting a woman and her agency and like what she wants to do. It's not about like, I wanted him to chase to prove that he loves me. And he's like, I'm not going to play that game because I proved that I love you by being here. And so all of that goes to say that like, there's a ton of patience that goes into your entrepreneurial relationship because at the core, it's about you and your traumas and your personal growth as your business is you, like your life, all of it is so intertwined. So if you're having all these problems in your relationship, your business is going to suffer. If you have all these problems in your life, your business is going to suffer. And it will be just like dominoes. If one goes off, then the next and the next, because they're all the same. They're all grounded in you. The more I worked on myself, the less, the less I spiraled, the better our communication got. Like, I think, I think we've ever been so good at communicating as we are now, but like, yeah, like there, there are a lot of things. There's a lot of give and take on both sides. Like I could dive into it for hours in, in either direction, but um, like, yeah, if you find that there are like patterns, that there are things popping up over and over and over and over again, that's the shit you got to deal with now ASAP or it will bleed into your business and it will be even harder to rectify. So yeah, focus on you, focus on yourself, build yourself, personal growth. I, I kind of want to talk about that because I think I think my perspective <laughs> is a little bit different. Or it, I think it's 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 good to add in. Um, I honestly f- totally forgot that we would have those bouts uh, for like the first year and a half of our relationship. It was literally like once a month there would be some type of mental breakdown, and it was usually around you know stress in her business that would seep into our relationship. And like she was explaining, Megan used to do this thing where she would threaten to leave and she would do that as a call for attention. But I was so secure in the relationship that I was like, literally like fucking do it. I was just, I would tell them like, if you're going to leave, just leave. Like, I don't care. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to play into the game of playing cat and mouse when I know that I'm secure in this relationship and you can either meet me here and be here with me. Or like, I'm not playing your games. Like I'm not going to feed into the game because I think, I think it was kind of established early on when me and Megan met each other, we said, Hey, are we doing this? Because we did not waste time dating each other. We didn't waste time like talking. We didn't waste time. Like, you know, playing like, Oh, is, is she into me? Am I into her? Like, are we a thing? No, it was like, okay, are we in a relationship? Okay, cool. Let's be in a relationship. And so when she would have these bouts, she would, she would try to pull me into this game. And I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have the time or energy to play this game. And the reason was because my business was such a big priority that as soon as you pulled me away from my business, that's a Mm non-negotiable. And so there would be times where Megan and I would be in a little, in a little spout. And I would say, stop right here. I have a sales call. And she would be very upset, but she would know that is if she pulled me away from that sales call, that's where I drew the line and, and I would be, I would be done. I would be out. And so, um, I think it's really important to be secure enough in the relationship to know what games to play and what games are actually just going to be a waste of your time. Um, 
The other thing I think too, um, I forget which point this was on, but I wanted to make sure that we left it in this podcast was that neither one of us, I think for myself, I had a standard for our relationship and it got to the point to where I think a lot of the stress that you might have felt and snapped about when we would, whenever we would have our little bouts, it usually came from, like you mentioned, stress in the business. And I would draw a line and say, Hey, get your shit together. There's so many times in our relationship where me and Megan both told each other, like, you need to get your shit together because the way you're acting or the, you know, what's going on in your habits right now is not acceptable. And so we did hold each other to a very high standard sometimes, and that would cause some breaking points. But at the same time, it allowed us to grow into stronger versions of ourselves. And it didn't let either of us sink into a lower version to meet the standard of a lower person. So we really did hold each other to a higher standard. And I had no problem telling Megan, like, you need to get your shit together. Um, Mm -hmm. or else like, this isn't going to work. And, you know, it's both made us stronger as individuals and also stronger in our relationship too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were times early on where it was like, Hey, I know work's important to you, but again, like it can't be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. I do need attention from you as your girlfriend. I also deserve attention from you. So again, like, you know, get your shit together and like pay me a little bit of attention. And you would recognize that. Like there would be moments we'd be like, okay, like I have been vortexing for a very long time now and I do need to step away and like acknowledge that my girlfriend exists. (laughs) So yeah, it's a call out game, but it's like not, um, it's not a game and it's not about offending the other person. It's about being very, very clear with each other and holding each other to the standard that you both deserve to be held to. Awesome. Awesome. Megan, if you want to leave your Instagram so people can give you a follow, feel free to leave that right now. Yeah. My Instagram is Meg Hayes, M-E-A-G-H-A-Y-S. But then we also have the Monarch Fit community, which is going to be popping off in 2022. We're going to be doing a lot of cool content there. So that's just Monarch Fit community on Instagram. Also check me out on YouTube. Also check me out on TikTok. (laughs) <laughs> it's all the same it's all the same just type in type in my name make days and you'll find me awesome all right babe well thank you so much for taking the time to chat i will go over into the other room and say hi for everyone who's <laughs> listening thank you guys so much for listening and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode love you babe